Welcome to our second episode of Thunk, where we think of things that you may not have the time to think about. It's me, Patu, and him, Sahil. Sorry, I got that wrong. It's me, Sahil, and him, Patu. <laughs> Way to go. This is the reason we need to think more before we act. <laughs> we don't get our own name wrong. But only when we think and speak aloud is when we realize that it was wrong. <laughs> I agree. All right. All right. A quick summary of the uh, episode we've just put out, which is an intro to ourselves. Me and Sahil, friends for a long time, have had conversations about all kinds of things. We love having those conversations and we thought we would benefit from other people joining that conversation, giving us input, taking some input from us as well. I want to just explain a quick couple of points that we might have missed out in the last podcast. One is essentially that usually we prefer the Socratic method, which is fleshing out a question to what it really means. If you're talking about society and individuality and expectations society has with individuals, defining these terms gives us a much deeper understanding and a easier path towards some kind of answer than just going at it with abandon, let's say. That's one thing. And another is that because we'll be going through these topics in detail, we'll also be summarizing these for the next podcast. So in every podcast, you'll hear a short summary of what we spoke about the last one. So you'll have some context because we expect that these conversations will keep flowing one to another. So where there is such a connection, we'll be quickly summarizing these podcasts for you. All right. So getting into the Socratic method, Sahil, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I always like to go down to the fundamentals of something. When I was younger, I remember a Japanese method of asking seven whys. Um, And the more whys you ask, the more deeper you get into the core fundamental reason for that specific thing to exist. So you understand something. And if you want to understand deeper, you ask why. You come to an answer for that question and then you dig deeper and ask why. That's when you'll come down to the most fundamental answer. Yeah, that sounds a lot like mathematics, actually. My friends and all were discussing this and uh, they said, oh, mathematics has become very complicated and it's integration and differentiation. And I was just discussing with them that when it comes down to it, if you drill down, all of mathematics is essentially addition and subtraction. Right. So it's, it's all of it. Multiplication is a kind of addition. It's all, it all comes down to one fundamental thing. So it's easy if you keep that perspective. So and that's what we all are. It's a sum of thoughts and a subtraction of false thoughts, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you can think of personality that way where positive thoughts add us up and false uh, beliefs that we hold bring us down some way or the other. Okay, let's, um, I think, start with the question. What was the question, Sahil? The question was that as individuals, why do we conform to societal expectations, to some invisible set norms that we think are expected in that environment? That is something that I wanted to talk about today. You know, this brings me to an example, like a story, an example. 
let me recite the example to you and then maybe that will change the direction of how we're thinking about this. So, so imagine yeah. there's a room of 10 people. So there is a person who's conducting this experiment and there is one person in the group of 10 who knows that this experiment is being conducted. Okay. So now consider the room to be empty. And the first person who knows that there's an experiment going on gets into the room. Let's consider that person to be person A. And every mm-hmm. time he hears a bell, person mm-hmm. A gets up from his chair and stands for two seconds and then sits down. Now person B comes into the room and they're just sitting next to that person. And the bell rings. Person B doesn't do anything, but they see person A stands up every time the bell rings and then sits down. And this continues for a while. And then person B starts to feel uneasy and thinks, oh, maybe this is the rule of the room and starts doing this. So every time the bell rings, person A stands up and person B follows that person and stands up as well. And this continues as person C joins in, person D joins in, and person E joins in. Pretty soon, all 10 people who are in the room start doing this because each of them started looking at the the group and started conforming to that and started standing up when the bell rang. Now, person A leaves the room and the bell rings. All nine people inside stand up and then when the bell stops, they sit down. After a few times of this happening, the person who was leading the experiment comes into the room and asks them, so tell me something. Every time y'all heard a bell ring, y'all stood up. Why were y'all doing this? None of them had an answer. The whole group was conforming without knowing what was right or what was wrong or why they were doing it in the first place. Right. So here's the thing. This experiment, I think, is derived from another one that uh, was done on monkeys. Imagine a group of monkeys in a cage where there's a ladder and there's a banana on top. And every time this monkey goes up to touch the banana, the rest of the three, four monkeys that are in the cage, they get uh, sprayed uh, with water, splashed with with cold water, right? Exactly. This monkey goes up, he gets the banana, he's fine. But the rest of the monkeys beat him up after a while. But I go, stop going, right? Slowly, everybody starts beating any monkey that starts to go take the banana. Now, these monkeys are replaced one by one till finally none of the original group is left. And they even remove the water splashing mechanism. So there is no punishment anymore for taking the banana. But still, none of the monkeys dare to go. So yeah, there's, it's, it's a question of why do people conform to societal expectations without thinking about it? So the question essentially is, what is society's expectations? Does it have the right to have expectations? And why do people conform to it? And should they? Correct me if I'm wrong, Sahil. Yeah, these are the questions. I think getting down to the fundamentals of what society is will help us uh, better answer these questions. Exactly. So tackling this in the way of the Socratic method would get us to question what is society? Who is an individual? How is this bond between society and individual formed? And where is this bond coming from? So let's just tackle this one at a time. Mm-hmm. So what is a society? Right? So if you do a quick Wikipedia search for this, I think I have it in front of me. A society is a group of individuals, it says, involved in persistent social interaction or a large social group sharing the same spatial and social territory 
typically subject to the same political authority and dominant cultural expectations okay so let's break this down into a few things so society is essentially a group of individuals okay we'll come back to this when we discuss individuals but it's essentially a bunch of people there cannot be one person society one person can't stand up to claim some special societal uh, norms or even a, a small group of individuals that doesn't really have a close interaction and doesn't have a close bonding cannot claim to be a society right right so the next thing is we have persistent interaction why do you think it's important sir the way i think about that is that if i'm going to meet or if i'm going to have a consistent interaction then it matters what memory society has of me from my previous interactions and that would set the stage for my future interactions so i think that is important if i was meeting a set of people for the first time and i'm never going to meet them again and it has no consequence of my future interactions or my well-being in that space or i'm never going to go back to that space again i might act differently i think that's perfect because persistent interactions essentially create an expectation of the future from your current interaction right like mm. you said if you're never going to meet them again there is going to be no future interaction so therefore your current interaction will be impacted by that so right. if you're going to meet these guys again and again and if they're part of your social circle you are going to act in a certain way to make sure that the next time you meet them you have a pleasant interaction so that's part of it that's part of creating this society now another thing that you have to consider more importantly the definition also says that there are dominant cultural expectations mm-hmm. right and this i think comes to the core of our question directly if the definition of society itself is that there will be dominant cultural expectations then society by definition has expectations whether individuals need to conform all of that we can discuss but society by definition must have expectations of the people that are within it so a society definitely has the right to have those expectations why it does we can discuss right now right but what are these expectations they could be small or big. a very uh, small interesting story comes to mind so there's this general cultural expectation wherever we uh, lived i think even you experienced it in canada i'm not sure you should tell me uh but in india at least when one person is talking it's considered rude that another person interrupts right so mm-hmm. the other person can acknowledge like you just did but while i'm talking if you talk something else it's considered rude so there's a cultural expectation so small small one it's not some big cultural expectation but even the expectation of another person not talking while you are is an expectation but while i was in italy while i was in milan for a while i was staying with uh, my partner alessandro i was in their house for the first time their whole family was over for dinner because he'd come back after a long time and they started talking while one person was talking the other person would not only interrupt but continue talking the first person hasn't stopped talking mind you the second person is continuing to talk 
and he asks a question about the thing that the first person continues to talk about and the first person without taking pause or stopping or offense answers that question in the same effect it seems to me that these cultural expectations are quite different in multiple places and there they could be very small like like taking offense and interrupting or they could be quite big there could be expectations of uh, a uh, marriage within a community or a caste or a, a certain economic uh, status etc these are what come to mind when uh, you know we are discussing cultural expectations i just want to digress for a second you meant your business partner alexander right <laughs> right <laughs> in the context of our discussion of homosexuality i guess i should have made it more clear but yes he is my business partner so that's what that's what i think about uh, cultural expectation so um, that's one thing now now that we've understood society to some extent as being you know groups of individuals who have imposed upon them certain expectations so now let's just come to uh, individuals what do you think is an individual sahib i feel an individual is anybody who is a person a human being i guess is is an individual but if you think about it more than just the biology of a human being being a single person i would say an individual is somebody who has independent thoughts has an identity that they consider to be their own it could depend on a multiple number of factors but if that person were to stand within a group i would say maybe comparing themselves to a larger group they would be able to distinctly separate themselves from that group and say i exist as a single person myself apart from that group so i think that is what an individual is i think that that's the perfect definition because without the comparison to other people there is no meaning of individual if there's only one person there's no meaning of calling him an individual because he is just he is right, right? so like you said to be able to pick someone out of the group they must have some characteristic that is different from the others it could just be a different hairstyle you know it could just be uh, how they look how they conduct themselves how they speak everybody has their own individual quirks individual characteristics and that's what is i think meant by individuality the mm. the slight differences between each person that are unique to them now that we've defined individual and what makes individuals individual we have to think about if these individuals are forming groups what is the responsibility that society has towards these individuals right i think that's the core question there like everybody is always obsessing about what do we do for society how how are we supposed to conform to these rules and why should we do this and why should we not etc there's very little talk about what responsibility does society have towards this individual right now i think by these definitions of societies being groups of individuals with persistent interaction sharing the same uh, territory they're subject to dominant cultural expectations all of this society is made of individuals it cannot be made out of exactly the same people now if everybody conforms and if society is such that it removes the individuality of that person 
it creates a sort of robot or puts them in a box that is labeled and categorized and has no other individual notation it is removing that individuality of that person and therefore that individual is no longer part of that society and society has failed them you see where i'm connecting this to is exactly where trevor noah in his uh, recent video a few weeks back i think fantastic video about why black people are feeling so left out why this black lives movement is taking off so much why they feel so much against society it's because they have started to lose their identity as individuals and are instead being treated as separate from society you know they're being scapegoated essentially they're mm-hmm. being uh, wrongly accused of crimes etc and therefore society has failed them there is an understanding that we can arrive to as to why this is happening that society's responsibility towards the individual which often gets ignored is being lost here Mm. I think that's what I wanted to say about uh, society's responsibility. So I think uh, Patu we've had a good discussion on this topic and it's it's obviously a really deep topic to discuss society and the responsibility and also what's the individual's responsibility and maybe we can take that up in our next podcast. This is a good point in our conversation to maybe end. We've discussed it for quite some time and things good to give our audience some time to process this and maybe they have questions and then we'd love to hear from them i think uh, we can take up the next podcast where we can discuss society's origins and other thoughts that come our way as we usually do you can reach out to us at speakpipe.com/thankyou the link is also in the description it was great talking to you sahil and as usual thank you very much thank you very much